Hey, welcome to another edition of Frisky Heroes Podcast, where we spotlight the great works Frisky do every day and give them a voice to tell their story of how they make their communities better. Uh, Today on uh, Frisky Heroes, we have Rita Wood from the Girdler Friskies from Knox County. How are you doing today, Miss Wood? I'm good. And call me Miss Rita because that's what everybody calls me. All right, Miss Rita, we'll go with that. Uh, Just tell me a little bit about uh, where you work and who you kind of work with so people understand uh, and and where you work as far as the location of the state. Okay. Um, I work at Girdler Elementary Family Resource Center. Um, I have been at this school for 31 years. I work with uh, preschool through sixth grade. We at one time had preschool through eighth, but uh, several years ago, I guess probably about 10 years ago, seventh and ninth grade moved to a middle school. So we currently serve preschool through sixth. I have um, around 340, 350 students. I'm a single school center, so I only serve the students at this school. Uh, my free lunch count is around 85, 86%. So we live in a very high poverty area. Um, I live here in Girdler. I live just a few miles from the school. So this is my backyard. This is where I went to elementary school at. Uh, This is where my husband went to elementary school at. My grandmother taught at this school. And like I said, I've been here for 31. This is my 31st year. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. That is awesome. So you you definitely have a a long history, long family tradition uh, in that community. Yeah, now I'm dealing with students of students that I had when I started. I mean, I'm old. <laughs> that's that's well, it. Also means you, you're pretty experienced in it. So a lot of people can, uh, I'm sure, get a lot of in, uh, good information and good guidance from you as well. Doing it that long, uh, we're gonna do something a uh, little bit fun to start off here. Just uh, the five quick questions for you. All right, before okay. kind of just get to know you, and one kind of w- weird one. Uh, what was your first job? Actually, real job was probably at um, Winn Dixie in the deli. I I made cakes in the deli. That was when I was about seventeen or eighteen. All right, so uh, so you know how to bake pretty well then. Um, pretty well. That's awesome. <laughs> Funny enough, I like to eat cakes. <laughs> Good deal. That works out that works well. Out so does my husband. <laughs> Uh, what's one topic that you could talk about to anybody? Um, my passion for kids, you know, I, I've dealt with them for so long and I see some of the situations that our kids go through and I like to feel like I'm one of their biggest advocates and I could, I could talk about kids for days and days and days. The Friskies are, and I'm sure you are there to your, your students as well. Uh, what was your favorite book? Probably No, David, No. <laughs> that and Love You Forever. Those are two of my favorite books. Um, the No, David, No, just because so many kids only get told no. <laughs> they don't get the positive reinforcement that, that I feel like they need. And uh, when I when my son was younger, I would change it to No, Matthew, No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To, to reinforce into him that he has to follow the rules and do what he's asked to do. 
and then love you forever probably because it just i guess clarifies that that a parent's love for their child is never ending true so true well i know you 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 bake cakes but do you uh, garden uh, my daddy is a gardener we can tomato juice and pickles and salsa and corn and green beans and what what's your favorite vegetable that you grow um probably cucumbers cucumbers now it's regular yeah. cucumbers or making them into pickles both <laughs> i'm with you on that too yeah, i could just go to the garden and get tomatoes and cucumbers and make a meal out of them so absolutely. i'm a farm girl absolutely uh big tomato have you had a we grew some different ones this year uh heirloom tomatoes i can't remember exactly yes. what kind but they, they the, there's a couple different kind. These have kind of a, they come down to almost a point at the bottom. But they are the literally the best tomatoes I've ever had. They are very very juicy. They make good tomato juice too. They're pulpy. They're they're pretty amazing. So let me ask you this, uh, kind of the off topic one. If you were able to be queen for the day, what would one law be that you would pass? Oh wow. Queen for the day. I would want one day of no child being abused or neglected for every child to feel like they were the main priority in somebody's life. That would be my law for the day. I'd sign up for that as well. That's, that's be an awesome one. So, uh, everyone, you know, every kind of center is a little bit different in how they, uh, reach out and how they, how they interact with the kids. How do you all, what programs do y'all have in place uh, to be able to help kids and help their families? Now or on a regular basis? <laughs> well, we, we can go to both, both those. Okay. Um, of course, with the COVID, everything's been a little bit of a struggle. We have kind of altered our action components a little bit to be a lot more, of course, virtual since they can't be in person. For example, uh, for our, our component for after school and when out of school, childcare and um, activities for them like during the summer. We typically have uh, summer camps at our middle school, the whole county elementary kids can come. Then we do a different camp for the middle and high school. We've done that the last couple of years. And then like last year we did shark week and we dissected sharks. And then we did a field trip to the aquarium and things like that. So we do a lot of traveling a lot of exposing kids to stuff they may not ordinarily have. Mm -hmm. This year was really different. Of course, I, it's been that way with everybody, but we did two weeks of summer camp. We collaborated with the extension office. We used their facility. We did the first week uh, was geared toward elementary. The second week was geared toward middle and high. We had three different, um, activities that we recorded and and put on our Facebook page on our Knox County Frisk uh, Facebook page. We at 10 o'clock we did a cooking and we did cooking on a budget. Mm -hmm. We uh, taught families how to shop and how to shop cheaper, use coupons, you know, shop, compare. And we did a simple meal. Most of the meals we did would feed six to eight people and it was less than 20 bucks. Wow. We did everything from dessert. I mean, the main meal to dessert. 
um, after we did the cooking, we did the next hour, it was like 10, 11, and 12. The next hour was our literacy component. And we taught, we all took turns reading stories and each day was a different character. And, you know, we wore different things and you uh, read different books. We did uh, Charlie Brown one day, we did Dr. Seuss one day, and uh, we just read the stories to the kids. And we asked them to have their families join so it would be family time for them listening to the stories. And then at 11, at 12 o'clock, we did um, fun with science. And we had the extension office, that was their part pairing up with us. They taught the kids how to do all kinds of cool things, make slime, make a volcano erupt, um, make homemade Play-Doh, anything you could think of for that week, we put it in there. And it was mostly stuff that they had at home that they could work with. And the way we geared or um, I guess kept track of the participation that we had is on each Facebook post, every family was encouraged to comment if they watched it um, with like their child's name, grade in school. And then what we did at the end of the week, they, which means they could comment three different times each day. Mm -hmm. At the end of the week, because we weren't able to be in person and do like door prizes each day, we did everybody that participated any time during the week, every time they participated, their name went into a drawing. Okay. The end of the week, we drew their names and they won. We did lots of outdoor activity stuff because our goal was to keep kids out and moving and being healthy, uh, not so much indoors on the computer, right. you know. So we gave away horseshoes, we gave away fishing poles, we gave away basketballs, art kits, paint kits, sidewalk chalk, um, bicycles. Uh, a lot our centers purchased. Um, we did have excess money at the end of the year since there was no school March, April, and May. We did have funds that had to be spent um, or they go back to Frankfurt. So we spent it on the kids uh, for activities that they could do at home to keep them keep them busy. The second week we focused more on middle school and high school kids. We did the same cooking thing uh, at 10 because we felt like that, you know, middle school and high school kids need to know that. They yeah. need to know how to cook. They need to know how to make something. Uh, we did everything from roast in, in the crock pot to ham and mac and cheese in the oven, spaghetti bake, um, simple meals, but cost effective that they could make with their family. At 11 o'clock for the week for middle and high school, we did a life skills session. We had the, the guy Friskies that are in our county because we did this collaboratively. Mm -hmm. The whole county worked together and did it. Um, we had the guys teach the kids how to do things. Uh, we taught them how to change a flat tire and actually videoed it and showed them what to do taught them how one of our, uh, our youth service center coordinator at the middle school taught him how to iron. He, he does his ironing. So he taught him how to iron, um, how to do laundry. We taught them how to uh, check their oil and the other fluids in their car and change their oil. Um, just any kind of little thing that would help them. Really just in, life in skills. Their, I mean, yes. In their real life. Um, and then the 12 o'clock time with them was more geared toward um, college readiness, 
we had uh, several of our local colleges, the University of the Cumberlands, you know, we are located in far southeastern Kentucky. And um, Union College is right here in our town in Barberville. That's our um, seat for our, our county. And they did a video for us about what kind of uh, majors they offer, what kind of degrees they offer. And then we interviewed a student that had just completed there about the pros and cons, things that they weren't aware of, something they learned, something they wished they'd have known, that kind of thing. So each day we aired a different college uh, to give them information about what locally we have that, that is accessible to them. We did uh, University of the Cumberlands, Union College, um, EKU. Oh, and we did our vocational school because for some students, it's not realistic they're, that they're going to go on to college, mm -hmm. you know, but we have a vocational school here in Barberville as well that has, um, you can get your CNA license. They do um, uh, electrical, uh, woodworking, mechanical. So there's there's other things out there, and we wanted the kids to know if your if your career path doesn't include attending a two or four year college to get a degree, you also have this option. So that was our two weeks of camp. We had a lot of participation, over three or four thousand views each week. Um, a lot of kids participating. We even had families post their videos of them doing the activity that we were doing. So it, it was really good. It was really different, but it was really good. Um, another thing that's been different this year, we always partner with, <coughs> excuse me, with our Save the Children and our Berea Promise Neighborhood. We're very blessed and fortunate to have them here at the school. And uh, we usually partner with them to do our kinder camp, our kinder boost program that is um, kindergarten readiness for the kids that'll be coming into kindergarten for the upcoming year. Well, it was all virtual this year as well. So we um, did some online stuff with them. When they came to pick up with their packets, we made sure they had all the supplies and things that they needed. It's just been really different. It, it's been a struggle. Um, Borden has been very gracious to give us milk to give away each Tuesday since um, mid-June, I guess. And here at my school, we give away about 400 gallons of milk and it's gone in about 30 or 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Tuesday when we did it this week, our um, wonderful, fabulous lunch ladies fixed about 250 lunches to give out with the milks and um, they were gone in as quick as the milk was, you know, so. It's been a struggle, you know. Well, well, it um, sounds like it's been a I've struggle, been but I mean, really, what you you all have come out with and what you all have done is sounds like it's been an incredible success. I mean, what, it, it has been, it has been, but you still miss you miss that one on one interaction right. with them. You know, just looking at them and seeing and knowing that they're good. Mm -hmm. When school's in, it's so much easier to kind of keep an eye on them. Because families know that that somebody's watching, you know they. I'm watching to see that they're eating, you know we're we're watching to see that they're coming to school clean and rested, and you know our kids have been out of school for five months. Yep, long time. And to me, that's a heartbreaker, you know, because if you have parents who have the the desire and the ability 
to make sure their kids get what they need, that's one thing. But when you have so many children that are not that fortunate, you know, that sets more standards that you need to try to fill those gaps in. And that's where I'm finding it's really hard. And and let me ask you this. I know, I know it's been very hard. And how, how was it when you first started back in March when the changes kind of first started, how hard was it for you as, as a frisky, uh, as just, just a human to, to make that change, uh, as we're going through it? It was chaos. It really was. And, and not because, not because we weren't trying to be, um, dutiful in what we were doing for the families but just because we didn't know what was going to come up and what was going to be required. Um, When school first went out in March, you know, we, we rode the bus three days a week and took lunches to every home in the County. Um, We took NTI packets. We picked up NTI packets, you know, um, everybody in our community, pretty much knows who I am. And, you know, so they know where I live. They know my phone number, their parents or friends with me on Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. So I, I, I didn't have as difficult a time connecting with them as some did just because I already have that rapport built with them. Mm-hmm. You know, families don't care to call me and say, Miss Rita, you know, we've been home for three weeks and I'm out of food or whatever. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How do you handle that? How do you kind of separate you as the frisky, but then you as the wife and 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 the part of your family? I'm always a frisk. (laughs) And my family just knows that. I mean, they know I spend more time at school than I do at home. Mm -hmm. When school's in session, I do lots of other stuff with the kids. I, help sponsor the beta club and the academic team and the first priority and honesty of the mind. And, you know, I, I'm just really active here in the school. So there's not really a separation as far if somebody calls my house and says, I need to talk to Miss Rita, you know, my husband or my son will take the message and say, you know, she's, I work another job too. I'm a deputy jailer at, um, at our local detention center. And if I'm not there, they'll, take a message and say, you know, she won't be home until about 10 tonight, mm-hmm. but are you back? I don't know. It's just, that's just the life. I don't... So you, you've got several different ways that you're serving your community. So you're seeing some I kids. Try. I mean, that's gotta be kind of a difficult situation to where you're, you're in school seeing kids, but then going to work as a deputy jailer and seeing their parents. And I do just very, very often, very often. And it, I mean, don't, you know, I, everybody makes mistakes mm-hmm. and only by the grace of God have I not been in that situation because I've made some humdingers. I'm with you. But, <laughs> you know, I don't get me wrong. I give them what for. When when they show up at the jail and I'm having a booking in, I remind them, you know, who, who do you think is taking care of your child when you're here? You know, you're going to have to make better choices. But then I always try to make a point when I come back to school the next day, if it's one of my kids, I find that kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I say, you know, anything going on, if you need anything, you know, 
who you staying with, what's, you know, you got food to eat, you got clean clothes to wear, that kind of thing. You know, and I've had, it's sad. It's really sad. I've had kids here say, Miss Rita, when you go to work this evening, will you tell my daddy I love him? You know? That, that, yep. that breaks the heart right there. It's hard. It's really, really hard. But, you know, you, I tell them I'll do it, so I do it because I want them to know they can depend on me. So this has to take a toll on you. Uh, I think every Frisky who's done this, especially you, you've done it 31 years, plus you're you're doing the, the deputy jailer thing, dealing with families in all sorts of situations. How do you handle that? Uh, I pray a lot. I really do. He gives me he gives me strength. I work with a fabulous, fantastic, out of this world group of Frisky people in the county. I mean we. We tease all the time that, you know, we're a tribe. We do lots of things together and depend on each other. You know, a lot of counties are not like that, and, and that's fine. If you, you know, can do it on your own, then, you know, by all means. But our county is very dependent on one another. Could we do it on our own? Yes. But we get such strength from one another that they're they're my rock. You know, um, when I started out here at Girdler, I was the lunchroom monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, then I became the school sec- uh, substitute, and then I became the school secretary. Uh, I did that for six years. Then I became the uh, assistant coordinator here at the school. That's when we still had seventh and eighth grade. And then I did that for six years, and I've been 18 years as the coordinator. And it 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 takes a toll. I mean, I'm I'm ready to retire because I am almost to the point where I feel like it's it's somebody else's turn to be able to take care of the kids. Yeah. You know, I still love my children absolutely. Every single one of them. There's not anything I wouldn't do for them. But I'm almost to the point to where it's almost too much. Mm-hmm. And um I'm just I think in my head sometimes somebody younger, somebody, you know, with more energy, you know, could do a better job. And and maybe it wouldn't be a better job, but maybe they would could address it differently. Mm-hmm. Than I do. I kind of think like I'm I'm repeating the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different outcome. Yes, it's not happening. You know, they say if you want something different happen, you have to do something different. But I think I've been doing it so long that. I'm just kind of stuck in a rut. <laughs> yeah, and there gets to be a point, and I was kind of like that in my career. I was only, you know, in the law enforcement for 20 years, but there gets to be a point to where, you know, you feel like you've 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 done all that you can do, and you're ready to move to the what's the next part of my life. Uh, but it stresses me out as well, Mike, because I really I want what I have built here mm-hmm. continue to be uh, you know the positive upbeat program that it is you know when school's in i have assembly i have people come and speak to the kids i have you know it's it's a whirlwind of trying to make sure they have all their needs met not just their educational needs basic needs but also you know character education um, and life skills, you know, we're not having Daniel Boone this year. That's our local festival, mm-hmm. the Daniel Boone Festival. But normally, 
when we have Daniel Boone Festival, I have speakers come in and they teach them about basket weaving. My dad comes in and he has created a see-through, a uh, plexiglass beehive. He's, he, he oh, you know, cool. does bees. He's, and he brings the beehive in with the, the plexiglass on it so the kids can see the bees working to make the honey. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's that, that they wouldn't get to see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want that to be what happens when I'm gone, you know. Um, I know that somebody can fill my shoes, you know what I'm saying? I know that somebody can come in behind me and and take care of my kids the way that I do. <laughs> it's hard to give up though, isn't it? Something that you've kind of it's built and, and everything. I mean, I can understand that with you know, what I've done is with, the, the cybercrime unit at my department. And I was I was the first. I've I built it. I every, you know I it built the lab where we did all the examinations, and it was hard for me to give that up. For like, well, what are they going to do with it? They're going to do as good a job. Are they going to have the same connection? And that was just that's equipment, right? That's just a, a job. What you're dealing with are families and futures and lives. And so, which is and much futures. more important than even what I was doing. Uh, to give that up. So I, I can imagine that, that pull you have of, yeah, I'm ready for the next part, but I don't want to see, I, I, I'm sure if someone can come to you and say, I see three years in the future and it's, it's going great. You know, it's just, exactly- oh, I, I would, I would probably go home next month. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, cause I feel like I've done what God put me here to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've accomplished is there more to do? There's always more to do. Always. Always kids that need something. There's always families that need that little bit of encouragement or connection to resources they they may not be aware of. There's always going to be more to do. But somebody else can do it just as well as I can. And, and that's the you advice know. I'd give you is that I had to come to the point to where, you know what, they're going to do it differently than I do. But they're going to do it. And they'll find their own. Just like if you look at you back when you were uh, assistant uh, coordinator or for six years, is that right? And then, yep. then uh, 18 years is the head coordinator. You look at yourself at the beginning of the beginning of the, that time is nowhere near where you are now. And nope. someone's going to come in there. It's going to take a little while to get their, get their, you know, kind of get their groove, get their groove but they'll on. get it. And I'm sure they'll be looking to you as a resource for that. But there, there is that time. And I hope they do. There's that time when you've got to say, you know what, for I've done, I've done a good job. And it's okay that if they don't do as good a job right now, because I didn't do as good a job as I could have done when I started. And so right. it's, it's okay to hand that off and know you, Everybody and just has know to you get did, their niche. did all you could do. Yeah. I feel like I have, but I still love it. And I still, you know, coming, coming to work, I work with a great faculty and staff too. Like they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Every single person in my building, honestly, truly, heartfeltly, has our kids' best interest. You know, I I work with a group of faculty and staff that go above and beyond every single day. Every single day. So when I come to work, it's not like I come to work. Right. I come to a comfortable place 
with people who are like my family and have my back and I just take care of the kids. Let me, let me tell you this one thing. When we had seventh and eighth graders here at school, um, my room is kind of like Walmart. I mean, it, you know, they, it's organized chaos, but it's chaos. So this child comes in, he was a seventh grader and his name is Josh. And he came in and he said, Miss Rita, do you have any shoes that will fit me? It had rained that morning. And I said, I probably do, Josh. Let's, you know, go over here and look. And um, I said, what's wrong with yours? He said, well, I duct taped them together. The sole had come off the bottom of his tennis shoes. He said, but my socks are wet because where it rained this morning, you know, it leaked in my shoes. I said, oh, Josh, we'll find you some shoes. You know, so of course I found him a pair of shoes and gave him a new pair of socks. And, you know, he was so excited you know, that he had new shoes. And uh, I told him, I said, let's just throw your other ones away because, you you know, they're not even, you know, good enough to play in. You could get a nail in your shoe or something and get hurt. And I said, I'll give you another pair of older shoes to go play in. And he looks at me as serious as he could possibly look at me. And he says, Miss Rita, I'm so glad you don't have a real job. Who would take care of us? <laughs> and And to me... Mm. You know, that's phenomenal because they didn't, they never felt like the kids never felt like it was my job to take care of them. They know that I took care of them because I wanted to take care of them, not because it was something that I had to do, you know, and I will never forget as long as I have, unless, you know, dementia takes over or whatever, as long as I have a memory about me, I think I'll probably remember that. Be honest with you, I'll, I'll, I'll probably remember that one. That one got me. <laughs> that's, he did. That's he, good, he was as a, honest and sincere as he could be. Miss Rita, I'm so glad you don't have a real job. If you did, who would take care of us? I said, Josh, I'm so glad I don't either because I'll be here as long as I can, you know. So uh, that's just one of those things that touch you and you just, you don't ever. You remind yourself when you get bogged down mm -hmm. and troubled and overwhelmed and not sure about what to do. That I'm just there to take care of them, you know. Whew. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, I know, that's powerful, right? right? See, that's why I don't like, I, they even thought of leaving. Yeah. I, I think can somebody else needs to be able to experience that. That is, that is true. And that kind of brings us up to the, the next part here. Just what advice would you give to that person who's uh, new into Friskies? The person who, when you do decide it's time uh, to hand this, you know, torch off to the next person. What advice would you give them for as someone who's new coming into the frisky world? First thing I want to tell them is if you don't have a passion for it, you're in the wrong place because it, you know, it, it's not for the pay. It's definitely not for the hours. I can't tell you the times and the evenings and the weekends that, that myself and other coordinators that I know have been in homes, taking beds or making sure kids had food or, checking on a family because, you know, the local police department has called us and said, we've had a domestic at this house and this child lives in your area, you know? So I, I would tell them that they've got to honestly be passionate about caring about the kids to be effective. Um, I wish I could tell them not to take it home with them, but that won't happen. You know, um, you can't, uh, there's so many things you can't change. 
but that doesn't mean it doesn't stay on your mind. Um, I would probably also tell them not to be afraid, uh, not to put themselves in a dangerous situation, but, but not to be afraid that if they're doing what they're doing for the right reasons, that good things are going to come out of it. You know, I've been to houses that I've, I've told parents the next time your child comes and tells me this, I'm, I'm coming with the police to your house, you know, and then I've been in houses where I've, you know, held a grandmother's hand because she's cried because she can't, because she can't take care of her family mm -hmm. the way she feels she needs to, you know, so you have to be open. You have to be willing to keep an open mind and not be judgmental. Um, it's real easy to get upset with families that are experiencing certain situations because you know that the parents have made the choice, but the kids don't make that choice. You know, the kids, it's not their choice to be in a home where domestic violence is. It's not their choice to be in a home where there's insufficient food. It's, it's not their choice to be in a home where they're left unattended because their parents have other priorities. You know, so you have to be open-minded and you have to be willing to forgive and to do what's best for that child. Even if it's something that you don't agree with, you do your best and you give it to God and let him take care of it. <laughs> That's, that, is, that is great, great advice. Well, I, I think I could listen to you talk and tell you and tell stories for for quite a while. I, I could write a book, That's and an I, idea. I, when we do stuff in the for the county, I'm usually the spokesperson because I could get up in front of a thousand people and talk about kids and taking care of kids and you know how to address their needs and how to think outside the box to get things done. You know, I I don't have a problem doing that. So usually when we when we have group things or things that have to be presented, I do a lot of the talking because I'm, as you can tell, the mouth, you know, <laughs> I have a lot to say well, about it. I, I can't I appreciate it. I have a lot that. to draw from. And that, and you know, your, your stories are exactly why, you know, I call you all heroes because you are, and you like to, to do things in the background and, and not get the credit you all deserve, but you all deserve what we do. a lot of credit for everything you do. You, you truly do. I mean, thank you. School is a, is a great place, but it's just a piece of these children's lives and they yeah. need help in all different aspects, which is where you all are. And if they don't have the things they need at home, the things they need in, in their lives, then there's no wonder they, they fail at school. I mean, how would you right. expect them to do anything more than what they're doing with the things well, they're living it's in? It's hard to come to school and worry about your multiplication table when you're worried about whether your mommy's going to be home when you get home. Right. So it, it, it's hard to do that. It, you know, it's hard for us as adults to overcome some of those things, those trials that come before us. But it's especially hard for those kids when they really haven't learned, you know, learned how to deal with things yet, mm -hmm. how to work through them. It's what we do. Just being heroes. <laughs> like I said, Miss Rita, I appreciate you talking to me today. And uh, any final words? I don't know. I just, I wish I could wiggle my nose and make things better for the kids 
you know, and, and I don't have a lot. I know I've kind of given you the idea that that my community is, you know, is just overwhelmed with those kind of issues and they're not. But whether it's one family that deals with that or 20 families that deal with that, it is present. It is here in our communities. It is something that we as family resource center directors deal with on a daily basis, a daily basis. You know, so I, I just want the family resource people to stay strong, you know, and, and to not let your faith go by the wayside. Keep looking forward and know that every single one of you make a difference. Um, it's like that starfish story, you know, where he's throwing the starfish back in the water and they said, you'll never be able to save everybody. Well, maybe not. But if you can make a difference in one family, in one child's life, then you've accomplished something. And I, I hope that every single Family Resource Center coordinator acknowledges that they have the power to do that. Years as a Frisky. She has a lot of experience to give and a very, very uh, good interview. I uh, got a little emotional, and for, for me to say it's emotional, it's really saying something. But if you like the podcast, you like uh, hearing the stories from the Friskies, you like supporting the Friskies, I would ask you to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast service and share this on social media. There's a share button uh, down on just about every podcast service. Again, my name is Mike Lemon, and this is Frisky Heroes.